This is the Money Made Better podcast by Libro Credit Union, helping you with the financial need to knows with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the Money Made Better podcast. Thank you once again for being here. Hope you enjoyed last month's podcast all about credit cards. It was actually a lot more than just about credit cards, which you would know if you listen to it. If you haven't, you can always head over to Libro.ca under the Learn tab. All of the podcasts are there for you to check out and listen to, but you can also avoid that if you just subscribe, if you're enjoying the content. I'm your host, Lindsay Barnett, and today we are going to be talking to some Libro owners about their journey buying their first house in the pandemic. Rates were really low. House prices were going up, multiple offers. It was like the Hunger Games in the realty market, really good times. Uh, Also joining me today is Mike Jesus. He is what we call an HFA. That's a home financing advisor at Libro Credit Union. He'll be here. Mike worked with our owners and our owners are Aaron DeBroom and Nadine Ivankovic. So welcome everyone. How are we doing today? Awesome. Good. Nice to be here. Doing great. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Um, I'm going to start with you, Aaron and Nadine, going to put you kind of in the hot spot a little bit. This is fun to sit down and chat with you because I don't know a lot about your story. I was harassing Mike, whom I work with quite closely, and I was like, listen, I want to sit down and talk with somebody who just went through the journey. So how long were you working with Mike before you acquired your house, roughly? Uh, About 18 months. Um, we started in, um, in 2021 towards the end of 2021. So it was like fall and, uh, okay. the market was, uh, it was, it was starting to pick up, I think in, at the end of 2021. And, uh, we were looking at a house on Laura Lane. We always talk about it when we, uh, when, uh, that was like our first house that we really wanted, but we didn't get unfortunately, but, uh, it was, it was quite the journey from there to where we ended up. So. All right. And sorry, Laura Lane, is that in Strathroy? Yeah, it's in Strathroy. Okay. Yeah. And that's where you guys ended up buying. Right. In Strathroy, yeah. right. Okay. Very yeah. cool. You say 18 months, like, oh yeah, that's normal. And I'm like, mm. like, I remember buying my first house. I think the deal was done. I think we only looked for like three or four weeks and we were able to buy a home. This was back in 2014 though. So can we talk a little bit about why you decided to buy at that point in the pandemic? Were you concerned at all about multiple offers and how things were playing out? Uh, I think when we first started, we weren't. Uh, the first, so Laura Lane, the first house we offered on, there was only one other offer. So it felt like the market wasn't too competitive at that point, but... Um, as it progressed throughout, uh, the 18 month journey, it was like very competitive sort of towards the end of where we had got our house. So, so you worked with Mike pretty closely. I want to say Mike as an HFA, and I know this cause I just bought a house and I worked with an HFA at Libro who was not you. Um, but I was getting emails at like 10 o'clock and I'm thinking, what are you doing? Like, why are you still working? What was your perspective on Aaron and Nadine's journey, Mike? Well, like a lot of people, I know there's a lot of stress involved. And when you get into a scenario where they experienced and a lot of first-time homebuyers were going through, it was, you know, you look at a house, you like a home, you put an offer, and then you don't get it. And then another home comes up, and you're very excited, and then the same thing is happening. So you recognize that people were under a lot of stress, and they felt like they always had to move on something. So I think you mentioned about late nights and that type of thing. 
you tried to make yourself available because you know what was going on in the market and people had these different anxieties. And in some cases, they may not go to sleep that night worrying about that offer and what they were going to do next. So I can speak for myself and I think a lot of the HFAs, um, you, you took that, right? And you said that you wanted to be available, you wanted to help people out and you wanted them to feel at ease that you were working with them and never wanted to make them feel like they were under under pressure to make a decision. It's like, if we needed to meet at eight o'clock, then let's meet at that time. Let's, let's have that availability because we really understood what was going on and what people were going through, right? It was about, it was about people. Um, and that's, I think, where we excel. It's really cool to hear you talk about that. I'm like an energy sponge. So if I walk into a room and somebody's really nervous or anxious, I pick up on that right away. And how did you find navigating some of the tougher questions? Because it is, it's an emotional journey, especially you walk into a house and you start to play out what your life's going to look like maybe in the next five, 10, 15 years, depending on the longevity and how long you plan on staying in that home, only to find out that you lost it because it went 17 multiple offers. It's, it's crushing. How did you find navigating some of the emotional roller coaster that owners go through? Yeah. And I guess it comes from experience too, having... Uh, been in this role essentially for you know f- 15 years now right you've seen it happen and you just try to keep keep people's nerve and and make them recognize that you know it's going to happen for them if it's not this one like it's going to happen and it's going to happen for a reason i think i remember having that conversation with them it's like it, it's okay like this this if it's not this house it'll come but we're here and we're going to work with you so you, you do it long enough you see that in the end it generally works out it's just, I think for the owners in that moment, maybe they're not feeling that. They're just like, oh, here's another house we didn't get. Here's another house we didn't get. But you do it long enough, you say, it's probably for the best. And I think that they would probably say that the house they got was the house they wanted. And that's generally what happens. You just have to keep a, keep a cool head and walk them through it because they don't know that, right? If they're buying their first home, they haven't experienced it. But when you've seen it play out, I think you can exude that and show the the owners that um and i think we have that in our group too especially the hfa group all right aaron and nadine is everything mike just said true were you guys feeling good through the process on those nights where you would put an offer in on a home and were unsuccessful yeah it was definitely a difficult journey we definitely had some lows um because it was our first time buying a home and i think after what maybe the 14th or 15th declined offer it got a little bit trying but working with Mike definitely helped with that um, because he was always available so when we were really frustrated um, we could meet with him and I think we heard it from a lot of different individuals in our life that it'll happen for us but something about when he said it put us more at ease uh, that it would truly happen for us and it would be the right time because he just knew a lot more detail about our situation he was with us throughout the entire period um And it was also very helpful that he would meet with us like late at night or on the weekends, just whenever it worked within our schedules, because we, we, I mean, I have still a few different jobs and um, our schedules conflict sometimes. So the fact that he was willing to meet us when we needed it, we weren't waiting to hear a response for forever. um, That was really helpful. And especially in how hot the market got, we would sometimes go see a house and then need to put an offer in that night. So when we needed to hear back and we needed to go through the numbers, it was helpful knowing that he would get back to us. That's amazing. So is that, 
And I don't want to lead you with a question, but is that why you ended up getting your mortgage with Libro or what brought you to Libro? Uh, so I bank with Libro initially. So I, I, I like we had looked at some other institutions, but me being with Libro and kind of reaching out to Mike, uh, we just really liked Mike. He was very personable and like um, just connected with us. So it was just re really easy to like Mike and Libro. So. And we did look around a little bit and no one else offered the same type of experience. It just felt like going to other places that they didn't really get us or get our situation. Um, and with Mike, it was instantaneous that he helped us through the process, especially as first-time buyers. Um, we just, any question we had, he answered it. Um, he gave us information that, for questions that we didn't even know we had. So that was really helpful. That's amazing. It's kind of like you need to find the right fit of the person that you're working with because I can't think of a bigger purchase in life than buying a home, specifically your first home. So Mike, a few minutes ago said, and you guys said 15, 14, 15 offers before you got your house roughly, but he said ultimately he feels it worked out because you guys got the house you wanted. Is that fair to say? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we talked about it um, before we turned the mics on, but we started looking at 2% interest rate at houses that were like $730,000 and then selling for 100K over asking to getting the house we ended up with that were in like a more reasonable price range at a higher interest rate, but less competitive. So I, I think overall, we're like very happy with our purchase. So yeah, and I think looking back, I mean, it's really hard to hear, especially when you're not the one in a house. It's hard to hear everyone say it's going to work out. You're going to be happy in the end, but that is truly what happened. Um, and I think we're just a lot more comfortable in the house we're at. And even now still, you know, looking, um, I think we still made this the right decision. That's still very clear. Looking at the market now. Yeah. yeah looking at the market now. That's really refreshing. And that has to make you feel good, Mike, hearing that from owners. Um, it's a lot of money that you're throwing down. My dad always says, you know, you buy a car that you don't like, you eat a little bit of crow, but you can flip it, get a new vehicle, you buy a house that's not the appropriate fit or things go wrong. And that's you can take a huge financial loss on that. Yeah. And it was helpful that we were able to work. Mike was able to work with us on what our what our realistic budget should be around based on what our personal short-term and long-term goals were. Because um, I think seeing the bigger picture is helpful because when you're in the thick of it, you just want to be competitive, right? When people are sending in letters and going 100K over, it's hard not to just jump in and maybe get in a little bit too deep. So he really kept us grounded into thinking into the whole big picture. That's the emotion that we're talking about. You walk into a house and you're like, I'll give you my left kidney. It's fine. I'll do anything to acquire this house. Was there ever a point in any discussion? And I don't know who wants to answer this, whether it be you, Mike, or Aaron and Nadine, where you thought maybe we're just not getting into a house right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think we took a break for a month or so. Um, on looking and then we saw a house come up that we liked. So we thought we'd go look. I think we reached a point where it was like, let's just go have a look and we can put an offer in. And as long as we're, I think what Mike taught us was as long as you're comfortable with the offer, you should be happy that you got the house too. Yeah. I think that was one thing we kind of learned from this experience. Yeah. It's hard to remove yourself from getting competitive and trying to think, well, what are other people putting in or what's their angle? And just thinking, what are we comfortable spending? What can we spend and how much do we like this house? And what do we not like about this house? 
I love that. Mike, from your perspective, what were the conversations like for you talking first time homebuyers kind of off a ledge? Like Nadine just said, when things get competitive, it's easy to kind of get sucked into that tornado and just like, maybe we can do a little bit more. Maybe we can do a little bit more, but there has to be a cutoff. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. And I would, I brought it up with Aaron and Dean and with a lot of first time homebuyers when they were in the thick of that, it was very easy to think of a hundred thousand dollars like it was a hundred dollars because you're just in it and you just want it so bad, but you kind of lose sight of the big picture because what will that house be worth ultimately down the line? Are you going to be able to maintain the lifestyle? And it just isn't just about making that mortgage payment. It's about what is your lifestyle, right? Like some people may sit at the same number when you're putting that application together, they may both qualify, but in reality, someone who likes to travel and vacation and do all of those things, they need to maybe leave a bit of a buffer where someone who's content to be a homebody, maybe they can be there. And those are the conversations that we, we have, right? And you have to have them so that people are making informed decisions and they're not leaving themselves in a vulnerable spot because emotion took over the last couple of years. People just, they wanted it so bad. And I think with each house that somebody looked at that they didn't get, it just ramped up a bit more and the emotion just kept taking over and the numbers, well, we stopped caring about the numbers, but that's what we do as liberal coaches, right? It's about, well, the numbers matter. You need to be in a position where you own the home and not the other way around. That's the best way to put it. Did you, did you ever have a hard time Nadine and Aaron hearing Mike's advice? I'm, I'm just asking, I just purchased a new home. And when we got our pre-approval for my HFA, I remember thinking like, we are just out of like 50 K more. I'm getting the dream home. Like we're not going to have to move. And I remember thinking like 50 K really over a 25 year amortization. That's nothing but it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't attainable. I like to travel. And that was a very challenging conversation, but the best conversation, because we ended up buying what will now be our forever home. I'm not going to have to move again. And it, we, we knew our limit and we played within it. Was it challenging for you two at any point to kind of hear that reality? Or were you pretty open to that knowing Mike was the numbers guy? Yeah, th- it definitely came up especially in the heat of it with all the offers and it being competitive, like he was saying, it's pretty easy to go over a hundred K. Um, so it was definitely a, a like a, it, it was tough to get through that time period and be like, can we get more? Right. But I think it was important that he kind of talked to us and was like kind of what he was mentioning with talk or, or you mentioned talking us down. Um, because like you do want to have, a quality of life, right? So, and he knew we were also pretty open with him about what our short-term and long-term goals are. That we were planning on getting engaged. We want to have a wedding. We do enjoy traveling a little bit. Um, so he was cognizant of what our goals were, and that we needed to be mindful of that throughout the process. So, for somebody listening who is maybe flirting with the idea of starting their first-time homebuyer's journey. What advice would you give to them outside of Mike gave you sage advice? Maybe listen to that so you can uphold the quality of life that you want. What would you say to them if somebody is also been on a 17 or an 18 month journey or a two year journey and they still don't have the home? I think 
the statement that Mike made about owning the home and not having the home owning you is a huge one. And I think maybe, you know, sitting down, meeting with, you know, a Mike in this situation and figuring out really what your budget is and spending some time on that before going out and working with a realtor and looking at houses. Um, And also just taking your time because I think that gets a little bit out of hand and you feel rushed naturally. But ultimately, if you're comfortable with your decision, that's going to carry you a lot further than if you make a rash decision. Nadine, you just said something so interesting about sitting down with uh, a financial advisor or a home financial advisor before booking time with a realtor. You got to know the numbers before you can go out into the wild, wild west. Mike, I have to know how many people come to you looking to get into the housing market and have already like, oh yeah, we, we've been out looking. We found the dream home. Does that happen or are most people sitting down with you ahead of time? Well, I would say that Nadine and Aaron are maybe the, a bit of the exception. Like they came to me, we had the conversations. Now it does happen quite a bit where they've already gone, they've looked, but I'll take it a step further. They've put in offers and they haven't necessarily really talked to anyone or they feel like they got a pre-approval because they had kind of a, a very lighthearted conversation with somebody. But the reality is like, it's, it's so important to do your due diligence, come in, meet with your HFA, have that conversation so you can dive deep because everybody in the home buying journey is at different stages, right? Some people come to you and they're actually quite ready. Like their credit is in good standing. They've got stable employment. They check all the boxes, but some people are a little further down the line. Maybe they they don't even know what their credit situation is. Could it be good? Could it be bad? Maybe they're just starting a new job, finishing school. So everybody's at a different stage in that point. And that's why it's so important to have a coach, meet with your coach, find out where you are, because if you don't know what you don't know. So if you do that and you start the process, the benefit of the Libro coach is we're not there to push you into home ownership tomorrow. We'll walk with you and we'll work with you from start to finish regardless of where you are on that path. So I think that's the important piece. But certainly, yes, and especially the last couple of years, people have been jumping the gun, I would say significantly, and it's put some people in a bad spot. So you always encourage them, come in first. Let's have the conversation. Know what's realistic. So then at least you can avoid certain things, sometimes disappointment, sometimes worse. Um, but yes, we, we definitely see a lot of different scenarios and you do it long enough and you almost see every possible scenario, right? Nothing but surprises you anymore. Not really. <laughs> Honestly, I think my jaw was like a centimeter from hitting the floor when you were like, some people are just putting offers in without a pre-approval. Like what? Like the anxiety I just felt for those people. That's really scary. And it's, it's wild to me that there are several conversations that you are having like that. Yeah. You know, it's offers on, you know, houses that are several hundred thousand dollars, right? And uh, again, emotion takes over. And I think that's where your coach can benefit you. And let's sit down. We'll try to separate that a little bit. Yes, buying a home is exciting, right? It's a journey, but you do want to do it the right way. And the right way is having those conversations first and then knowing where you stand and then the steps to get you where you need to go. That's amazing. Aaron, Nadine, is there anything else that you wanted to add before we shut it down for the day? 
This has been really, really interesting and enlightening. And my goodness, you are far more patient than me. Um, the house that I just bought, I think we had offered on five houses in like five days. And I was ready to be like, you know what? We're just going to stay put. I was frustrated. And I think it took about two full weeks to acquire my new house because things were going multiple offers again. And I just bought my new house. I haven't even moved in yet. Um, so the market is kind of on an upswing a bit again, which is wild because interest rates are very high compared to maybe what you guys locked in at. But do you have any advice for somebody who is in your shoes where you guys were two years, 18 months ago? I mean, I hate to admit it to other people, but I think we put in a few offers on houses that we really didn't even truly like that much. And looking back, that was a really silly thing to do, but we just got swept up in it all. So I think if you just pause for a moment moment and make sure it's something that you're really interested in, um, it'll all fall into place after the, fa- after the fact. Aaron, anything to add to that? Um, I think... I think uh... I think it, it'll all work out kind of like it did for us. So um, I think when people tell you that you'll find the house, it, it, it is true. Um, it, it sounds very cliche, but it, it definitely worked out for us. So It's hard to hear in the heat of the moment, especially when you are so emotionally invested and things aren't going your way. But that's sound advice and that's sage advice. And it's all going to work out. And also please meet with somebody before you meet with a realtor and put an offer in on a house. Make sure you have that pre-approval, do your financial due diligence and set yourself up for success. Um, Mike, Aaron, Nadine, want to thank you all so much for being with me today. Really appreciated the time to you listening. Thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. If you've been enjoying it, don't forget you can subscribe. We are streaming on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be back in the month of August. I am sitting down with Libro's brand new CEO, Sean Good. Going to be talking about financial resilience among other things. So stay tuned for that. We will be talking soon. Until then, stay well. Stay well.